I can't think of any other rock type legendaries. Uh, Arceus doesn't count. Huh? Oh, Reggie Rock. <laughs> Reggie Rock. Okay, there you go. Reggie Rock oh doesn't God. count. I'm almost. In, I'm going to cut out that entire <laughs> that entire little silence. But we we sat in silence for a good ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reggie Rock. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. The Go Tour Johto after party looks an awful lot like Kanto to me. You might have some trouble ever lugging this new Pokemon around. Enjoy your cozy GBL beverage in a festive holiday cup. The holiday event is Snover when I say it's Snover. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 173. It's December 17th, uh, Friday afternoon. I don't know what it is about the last couple of months, but Kyle and I have just been, I guess, trying out every day of the week to see what we like the best. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're committed and uh, we're just trying to build around uh, strange and otherwise uh, weird schedules this week. For those who are curious. My voice was shot yesterday, so Kyle was nice enough to move it to this evening, so thank you. But uh, speaking of that, I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my very flexible co-host, Kyle. Hiya. I meant that flexible is with schedule. I mean, are you physically flexible? Can you touch your toes? Not particularly, no. I don't think I can touch my toes. Are you as stiff as your personality? Uh, I I don't think that is quite as extreme. I'm a little (laughs) bit more flexible than that physically okay (laughs) awesome well before we get started here and and friendly ribs fly between the two of us as they always do a shout out to a new patron of ours kevin the legendary kevin red bull who sends in emails every once in a while you should recognize the name i sure do thank you so much for your patronage we're very excited to have you in the discord so great thanks all right, Mr. Kyle, this is the time of the show where we would normally review our goals that we set last week, but you and I kind of made a um, a clerical error, an <laughs> admin mistake or something like that. We don't know how time works anymore. And, and I think anybody who's had the last two years that all of us have had could maybe cut us a little bit of slack. But because we recorded at such a weird time last week, we set goals for the upcoming community day, which is actually happening this weekend ahead of us. So we are going to forego. I know this is strange. It feels weird doing it. We're going to forego reviewing the goals because they have not had an opportunity to happen yet. And we will not be setting new ones. We might just remind people at the end of the episode and ourselves, I suppose, what goals we set, but we won't be reviewing any right now, which means I guess without further ado, Kyle, we could just hop into the news, but I got something to brag about first. Okay. I caught a shiny Zekrom finally. Oh, my God. <laughs> the shiny Reshiram still evades me, brother, but I'm really, really happy. So any big catches this week from you? Have you been doing any raiding or anything like that? I, I've done a handful of Zekrom. Not really any Reshiram, but it's mostly because it's whatever people invite me to. I don't, That's true. I haven't paid attention to the remote raid lobby, remote raid we're chat in, that we have. So We're in Kurum territory now, though. So are you going to... Try for that shiny, or you just kind of absolutely not. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, I, I suppose we've seen a lot of Kirim. So if it, you don't really care about the shiny, then why bother? Unless they finally give us Kirim black and Kirim white, I will never care about Kirim. I, okay. I didn't care about the first time around either. <laughs> I'll sit on my medium pile of candy, and you can sit on your small one, and we'll roll the dice together. How about yeah. that? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, well, with that, then let's just hop into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. So this week uh, we have, well, if if last week's news segment was on one extreme, this is on the other end of that extreme. We have one piece of news and it's not even really like a full piece of news. It's an addendum or an addition to an aspect of news from last week. It's Pokemon Go Tour. We uh, The live event locations. We now have some information about where those live events that were mentioned are going to be happening. 
So here's what it has to say. Trainers after Pokemon Go Tour Johto on Saturday, February 26th, 2022, will be holding the first ever Pokemon Go Tour live event in select locations on Sunday, February 27th, 2022. So the next day, the Pokemon Go Tour live event will be held at the following locations in Monterey, Mexico, at Park Fundadora. You're going to have to forgive me for not being able to pronounce some of these things correctly. I'm going to try my best to be close. <laughs> and at uh, Kaohsiung, Taiwan, at the Taiwan Lantern Festival, in Abu Dhabi, in the United Arab Emirates, at Yas Bay. I think that's correct. Um, and those are the only three locations. So none in Japan and none in the States, which was a point of contention for some people. Well, not not as contention, I suppose, but just a, a point that people are making. Um, all tickets are $25 in the Jeez. event's local currency equivalent, uh, plus applicable taxes and fees, and are available for purchase on the Pokemon Go Tour website. You will see tickets available next to the Pokemon Go Tour live event ticket if it hasn't sold out yet, of course. Events gameplay will be available only at those locations on the specified date and time. And notes, as usual, tickets to the event are non-refundable. So what is this $25 event? It's got to be good for $25. It's kind of a, a big ask for tickets for this game. Features include real world themed habitats, each with their own collection challenges. You'll be able to complete up to six special trades during event hours, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. local time. You'll be able to access event exclusive special research, take some snapshots for a surprise, Eggs placed in incubators during the event will require one quarter of the usual egg distance to hatch. You'll earn twice the candy from hatching eggs. You'll earn extra candy from catching featured Pokemon originally discovered in Kanto because it is a Kanto themed event. And you'll get up to nine free raid passes from spinning photo discs at gyms. You'll get an exclusive in-game medal. Special stickers will be available from Pokestops and gifts. Confetti will be appearing on the in-game map during the event. Real life photo ops and lounge areas will be available in the park. And last but not least, exclusive merchandise will be available at select locations. Now, this sounds an awful lot like GoFest to me. It, I mean, it does. But that's what you'd expect from any live event, minus the habitats. But I think the habitats lend itself to the, the tour theme as well. Yeah, the habitats are like really the thing and the exclusive merchandise are the things that stick out to me because when we had safari zones, we would have, you know, an area for sure that was designated for the live uh, event, right? But nothing quite as extravagant as GoFest. So I suppose mm -hmm. we'll have to wait to see what pictures we see from this. But this almost feels like a mini GoFest, kind of like what safari zone used to be in relation to GoFest proper. Mm -hmm. can, can i just say i'm so tired of kanto <laughs> yeah no me too me like, too I, I love kanto i have I have nothing against kanto at all it has great pokemon it really does i I'd, I'd be bummed out paying for this and going to play it if everything featured is kanto I, i'd be going for the experience of going not for the event itself that's true. Uh, I, I would agree to some degree as well, but they have to be doing this for some reason. I'm not entirely sure. Do you think they're just trying to see if, you know, mini Canto full fledged events still bring people in? It's It's got to be because it's safe. Like, you know, Canto brings people and, you know, live events bring people and, you know, it's it's a a shaky time. So do something that's safe. And if it doesn't work out, you know something else for next time. Yeah, it's just kind of a bizarre thing. I wasn't expecting this to be the case. I was expecting pop-ups like we saw at GoFest in some cities yeah. Yeah. and things like that. But I wasn't expecting this full list of features that, again, rather reminiscent of GoFest. I mean, there's really nothing else to say about this. Do you have anything else uh, that's topically appropriate, Kyle, for this thing or no? I think the only thing I have to say, and it's it's not really much to talk about, is it's it's pretty short notice, all things considered. Yes. You're you're not going to travel for these. That's that's pretty much what this announcement is basically saying. No one is going to travel. This is for the people who already are nearby. Mm -hmm. And so I think that might be intentional. They aside from the fact that it's very difficult to organize this kind of stuff 
in the modern climate, but very true. Uh, that being said, make sure that you do your research about places. If you are going to attempt to travel, some of these locations have very specific rules to follow. So they might be very different from other places you've traveled in the past. So just a point to point out there. But sadly, that's it for news. I'm hoping that next week we'll have some more exciting things to discuss. But there you go. <laughs> that's our abbreviated news section this week, which means I have the pleasure already. Oh, my gosh. We're not even at 13 minutes on our recording time. <laughs> uh, I have the pleasure of handing this over to Kyle for Gear Up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to do what's the big deal with Rhyperior? So on again, off again topic for Gear Up, where we visit stuff that people tend to talk about a lot, but they don't really go into the details about why they talk about it. Done Tyranitar, I've done Metagross. Now we're doing Rhyperior, sort of in honor of the community day that will be done by the time you're probably listening to this for most people. What's Rhyperior? It's a ground rock type. Made very particular. Some people are very specific about what's the primary and what's the secondary typing. I don't know why they are, but they are. Its stats are 241 attack, 190 defense, and 251 stamina. It's a lot of HP. It's pretty good attack. It's not the best attack, though. I think it's top 100. But that's okay, because it's overpowered in other ways. <laughs> like moveset. <laughs> like moveset. Uh-huh. For fast moves, it has Smackdown and Mud Slap. That's actually good. It's got It's got a move for each of its types. You don't see that very often. <laughs> for charged moves, it has Earthquake Stone Edge, Surf, Superpower, Skull Bash, and as a legacy move, it has Rock Wrecker, which you've probably heard all about in the past. The clear king for its moveset choice is SmackDown Rock Wrecker. It is so far and away above Stone Edge, and we're not even going to talk about Mud Slap Earthquake because, well, it could potentially work. It's just... It's probably not worth it. Why? That's just a, a worse Groudon at that point it, in time. Yeah, exactly. Which, okay, it's it's obtainable. Yes, technically you're right. But look, we've been over this a lot. Ground type is not very desirable in Go, at least from a PvE standpoint. But what about some numbers for Rock Wrecker? So with SmackDown Rock Wrecker, Rhyperior has a DPS of 15.93. And a TDO of 602.9. That's pretty good. We'll get into a couple of comparisons in a moment. With Stone Edge, instead of Rock Wrecker, that falls to a DPS of 13.98 and a TDO of 529. That's that's really bad. No, it's not not really bad. Okay, that's an exaggeration. It's not very good, though. It's a two-point... It's a two point difference. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a big deal, but you'll see what I mean in just a second when we compare some lists. Okay. So, Rock Wrecker gives Rhyperior the second highest DPS of all rock types, not including Shadows and Megas, because I try not to include those in these lists unless stated explicitly. But number one is Rampardos, and Rampardos is very squishy. But. The difference is very large in DPS. Rampardos's DPS is like 18.97 or something like that. So it's it's huge. So the point is Rampardos, very squishy, high DPS. Rhyperior, sort of tanky, solid DPS. And with those two combinations together, Rhyperior actually has the highest rating when you combine TDO and DPS together. It's like half a percent better than Rampardos. Or something like that. (laughs) But this is where the numbers are really fun. The rest of the list. Number one, Rhyperior. Number two, Rampardos. Number three, Terrakian. Strange. Strange, but not that surprising. Legendary stats carry you pretty far. Number four, Tyranitar. And now Tyranitar is on this list almost purely on like his bulk. Its DPS is not great. It's like 14.2, something like that, Yeah, as evidence. Tyranitar has the benefit of being the first 
best rock type that we had. And so many people that are even having this conversation in a meaningful way have just have six of them already. So that's always me part of the conversation, even if there's three things that are better than it, you know? Yeah. You know, the ultimate conversation at that point is I've already spent a million Stardust on six SmackDown Tyranitars. Do I want to spend another 600,000 to make three Rampardos or Rhyperior mm-hmm. instead? And do 2% more damage overall. Yeah, exactly. But continuing on the list and the comparisons were apt, I believe. Next up at five is Rhyperior with Stone Edge. So even with just Stone Edge, it's still the fifth best rock type attacker in the game. So that's not awful. But it's not great either. <laughs> the rest of the list, though, is just is is an embarrassment. Number six is a Pokemon that's not even out yet, but it's fun to talk about. It's Stone Journer. If you haven't seen that Pokemon, just look it up. It's funny. It's great. It's great. And number seven is Gigalith, who is a great looking Pokemon, but its stats are not good. So all that being said, Rhyperior is very good. It just has the raw stats to hang with other legendaries like Terrakian. And the fact that there's not very many other rock type legendaries that would compete. I can't think of any other rock type legendaries. Uh, RCS doesn't count. Huh? Oh, Regirock. <laughs> Regirock. Okay, there you go. Regirock <laughs> oh doesn't God. count. I'm almost. In, I'm going to cut out that entire <laughs> that entire little silence. But we we sat in silence for a good ten seconds. <laughs> Uh, Regirac is also bad, though, in terms of this discussion. Well, yeah, I was going to say, in terms of this discussion, for sure, but Regirac has had uses in other places. Kind of like how Registeel is great in certain PvP scenarios. Regirac is, too. It's just harder to get an optimal Regirac for PvP. Right. And that's about it. I'm not sure about the timing of when this episode comes out, but if, if you're listening to this after December Community Day, I hope you managed to get a good rock record ripe here if you didn't already have them. And uh, go chuck some rocks at some birds. That's right. And <laughs> things that are on fire and uh, ice. <laughs> things that are frozen. Shatter them. Uh, and what else? What else is rock? Oh, uh, some bugs. You squish some bugs. Uh, don't do that. I'll fight you. Um, yeah, that's good. That's about that's good. Yeah, we're good. Yep, yep, there you go. Cool. All right. You have Rhyperiors, right? And you have Tyranitars. So where do you sit with this? Do you have like one or two Rhyperiors and the rest are Tyranitars? Do you have a full team of six? Because uh, I've only got like one or two Rhyperiors I really put any effort into. I got two of each. I got okay. like two level 40 Tyranitars, two level 40 Rhyperiors. And I I put like some level 35 Tyranitars for the last two just because mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I've got two Rhyperiors and I think like six Tyranitars that I use, but like two of them are level 25, so they aren't really usable, you know, but great. Well, hopefully that was useful uh, to some of you, like Kyle was saying, if you just caught some this weekend um, and depending on what time you're listening to this, hopefully this helps you uh, out <laughs> by putting you in the right direction, to, uh, so, so to speak, for your rock type attackers. But Kyle, gosh, we're moving at the speed of light here. I'm so excited because last week we didn't get to do Gear Up or Pokalore. And this week we get to do both. And uh, this week's Pokalore, which is the section we're now in, by the way, we're going to be covering the Pokemon we would have covered last week if we didn't have 17 hours worth of news to cover. And this week we're going to be covering Bergmite, the Ice Chunk Pokemon, and its evolution, Avalug, the Iceberg Pokemon. It's great. Real, real. I don't know. Real creative. <clears throat> First up is Bergmite. Bergmite is a quadrupedal Pokemon with a white, round body and nubby legs. Its upper half is encased in a slightly transparent, pale blue chunk of ice. Its eyes, which are yellow with purple sclera, are visible through the ice. The ice itself forms a large triangle with smaller spikes on its forehead and hind end, its butt. Bergmite can create cold air, which is used to repair chips or cracks in its icy coating. This air reaches temperatures as cold as, are you ready for some good numbers? Negative 150 degrees Fahrenheit, which is also negative 100 degrees Celsius, and can also be used to freeze enemies. 
Bergamite lives in herds on snowy mountaintops and can sometimes be found huddled on the back of an avalug. Aw, like a spider or a scorpion. They do that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I know spiders sure. do. Yep. Bugs. Great. <laughs> avalug. Avalug is a bugs. massive Pokemon covered almost entirely in semi-transparent ice. Through the ice on its head, diamond-shaped yellow eyes with purple sclera are visible. Its head is wedged shape with a white diamond-shaped ice chunk on each side in place of ears. A dark chip in the ice over each eye. A crack just before the tip of its snout and a beard of short icicles. I didn't notice that as a beard. I just kind of thought it was some icicles. That's cool. The top of Avalug's body is flat with three horizontal cracks along the surface. And there is a collection of icicles along its belly. Its legs are cylindrical with cracks just before its foot and in between its toes. Underneath each toe is a spiked claw. Avalug's massive body is hard as steel. This allows it to crush anything in its way and has been known to allow Bergmite to huddle on top of its back, which causes it to resemble an aircraft carrier. (laughs) (laughs) Avalug's bulk makes it the heaviest ice type. I like how it's as hard as steel, but it's not just a steel type Pokemon. Yeah. Kind of strange. I mean, because ice isn't really a defensive type. I mean, it is in this case, but it doesn't have like like a long list of resistances. Ice is terrible. Uh, Stats. Actually, surprisingly, like pretty compelling for this Pokemon. At level 40, it has a max CP of 3198. And at level 50, it's 3615. Much higher than I had expected. 216 stamina, 240 defense, and 196 attack. If that attack was a little bit higher, this Pokemon would be awesome. Uh, best move set is really there's kind of only really one choice and it's ice fang avalanche there really isn't another good move to use of course if you're going to use it in pvp which i'm not sure if it has a place or not you might want to explore using another charge move i think there's like a dark move like crunch or something i'm not entirely sure but yeah pretty straightforward pokemon it's mono ice so it has a lot of weaknesses which is unfortunate, but in the right situation, kind of a neat Pokemon. I know we discussed, Kyle, like last week that you and I were like, oh yeah, Bergmite's a Pokemon, but Avalog is cool. We like Avalog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I always, it's forgettable. I don't know why. Like, I like the Pokemon. It's just, I always forget it exists. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, it's like, there are some rare Pokemon in each of these games, right? Or generations, rather. But the rare Pokemon have done a really good job of being memorable in the past. And this one is not that. No, not really. But anyway, that's the Pokalore this week, which means that we're already Kyle. Can you believe it? We're already at Pokepole. Yep. Yes, I can. Okay. Well, it's because you're recording this podcast with me. That's the reason why it's believable. I'm also following along on a page, like literally line by line. That's true. So last week's question was, what are some ways you can respectfully enjoy Pokemon Go around others that don't play? For example, at a family party or a school event. First response is from Triptando. And they said, I just make sure I have enough red balls. And like every 30 minutes, I check to make sure my Go Plus is still connected. If not, I'll quickly reconnect and put the phone away. I'm at that event for a reason. Pogo is not the main issue there. Knowing the Go Plus is doing its best, I can and I can check all my catches later that night is more than enough Pogo at that moment for me. All right. You know, that's fair. That's fair. You're, you're somewhere for a reason and it's not to play Go. I feel like that's a good way to hedge your expectations as well. Being like, I'm already doing what I can do. Like, no reason to think about anything else. Like, that's awesome. That said, you're still playing a little bit of Go. Yep. Wherever you go. Yep. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. As long as it doesn't get in the way of other things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Next one's from Modders. Hello, gents. I've found that I cannot manually play the game and respectfully enjoy other non-Go players company. (laughs) I get transfixed like a cat with a spot of light. Just ask my wife, a self-proclaimed Pogo widow who rues the day the game was launched. Oh, no. You can, however, pop an incense and turn on your auto catcher of choice. Well, that's my workaround for Valentine's Day and anniversaries anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good for you modders that's the way to do it next runs from nine thistles and they said it depends on the formality of the event family dinner at grandma's won't check unless there's some downtime mostly because explaining video games to my older relatives is always so awkward family dinner with friends my phone will be on the table visible to all while i play 
They know what I'm about. I might get some guff from the ones that don't play, but we rib each other all the time anyway. I'm familiar with that approach. Yeah, yeah. Phone on the table, spinning the Pokestop wherever your diner happens to be. Yeah, or, or but also being like, you pick the right one. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just you know spinning my stops or whatever. Like it's fine. It's fine. If it's a problem, my friends will tell me it's a problem. I'll just put it away. No big deal. Yep, exactly. But I'll tell them they're wrong before I do it that they should play. Anyway, yeah, it'd be like you you could just be catching Pokemon with me. Come on. Yeah. Do you listen to podcasts by the way? <laughs> This next one's from Trent. Similar to Kyle, when it comes to family events, I don't particularly care and will play openly. Polite and or the right thing to do? Probably not. But generally, the small talk I engage in with family are the conversations I think some of us dread. How's the job? When are you getting married? Having kids? How you doing? Friends and other events, I might single-handed play if we're walking or not doing much at that moment. But the game gets put down when chatting or the events get livelier. That is a good answer. Uh, yeah, I really think it kind of just depends on the context for sure. And I think people are doing a great job of illustrating that. Uh, but, you know, there are people that maybe can't read the situation well yeah, enough. Yeah. And it, it makes this a little bit more difficult because it's kind of a case by case basis sort of thing. I do agree. And also, you just got to know your your family or your friends or your acquaintances kind of thing. Friends of the family, you choose Kyle or the same thing. Sometimes. What? Sometimes. Sometimes people choose them for you and you just go along with it. <laughs> I guess. Wow, that's such a weird situation to bring up. Is that a personal anecdote or something? <laughs> I'm just saying that that's how that works out. That's how. Can you explain that situation to me? What do you mean? That's how somebody gets added to a friend group. They're friends of somebody else and you just they just come along and then like now you're friends. But like, yeah, but then you're friends with that person. Yeah. But like, so what if it's a friend that you only hang out with when you also hang out with that mutual friend? You still consider that a friend, but it's definitely not a family. Well, you couldn't necessarily consider them a friend. They could just be an acquaintance. You hang out with in a friendly manner. It depends on how you define it. Exactly. (sighs) Okay. All right. We're going to get lost in semantics here. If we don't move on, we got one more email response, Kyle. And it is from Sarah. And they said, hi, I've been listening to your podcast for the last few months and love it. To answer your question on how to play Pokemon Go with family, I recently got lucky because two of my much younger cousins, three and five years old, have started playing Pokemon Sword and Shield at home. Recently spent a day at the zoo with them and several other family members during the last community day and used their new love of Pokemon to show them how Pokemon Go works. It was actually really fun and I love that I got to bond with them. I got nine shiny shinks. EA. Nice. I hope that I can help them learn to love Pokemon as much as I do. So my advice is to get younger family members hooked so you can bond with them and keep them busy so their parents can get a break and maybe be able to talk to other family without having to attend to the kids as much. Sincerely, Sarah. Oh, man, I, I have a very similar but not a successful situation that happened oh, to me. Oh, no. It was, I mean, this is a long time ago. I have more than 10 years ago i was playing it must have it was probably black and white at the time whatever the current game was at my older sister's house and she has two kids and they're like you know seven and four and they're like oh what are you playing and so they like they watched it and they they enjoyed it but then they never expressed any more interest in it even though they were like that prime age to be starting to play like ds games and stuff like that and i was like oh but Some I guess like the same the same is true about like playing sports, right? With us yeah. sort of thing, right? Like mm-hmm. I definitely tried hockey little league. I did the whole nine yards. There's <laughs> yards in football. That's I don't know. That's my attempt at a sports joke. But that didn't stick. So I suppose the opposite could also be true. Although I just that's still just heartbreaking and disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing I like about this answer the most is that it's it's a way to spin your interest into being like a good team player. Like, oh, I'm helping out the clan by distracting the children. But it's also like an attempt to bond, which is always really great because, you know, bridging the rift between between generations can sometimes be difficult. And Pokemon is a great tool for doing so. Yes. Yes, it is. As it has now bridged like two and a half generations. Yeah, I would say three. I've seen some grandparents playing Pokemon Go, and I've seen, you know, kids that would be their great great grandkids' age range playing well, Pokemon I think, Go. I think Go is the rare exception, but I think like 
timeline wise, Pokemon, Pokemon has been around yeah. for 25 years. You know, that's that's about two generations worth. So, yeah, fair enough. Anyways, it's time for this week's Pokepole. And that is what is your top Pokemon Go related achievement or memory this year? Oh, no. Uh, I had to think about it for a second because I was like, what actually happened this year? What year <laughs> what? is it? What happened this year and what happened last year? What happened a week ago? I, I can't even tell anymore. <laughs> all the same thing. I think the trip to Indianapolis is the highlight for me, just, just in general. There's there's small ones that aren't even related to go, like one of our party forgetting to bring a change of shoes for the actual event and having to go out at like 630 in the morning to go buy a pair of shoes. No names, but it was Moo. It was legendary Moo. It was a good time. And so like that's not an achievement, but it's definitely a go memory. Yeah, I mean, my, mine is hitting the ladder on the way back home on the highway. You know, like that. I can't believe we got off scot free, man. Like, I still can't believe that. I was, I was expecting us to pull up and just like oil dripping or something. But no, we're we're doing okay. But if it has if it has to be strictly go related, and even like I guess the game related, I think hitting ten million stardust this year was kind of a, a cool thing. I've never hit that milestone before. Um, and now I'm never going to be the same. So I guess that's a shallow, I suppose, data related go achievement. But yeah, that Indianapolis trip was awesome. So yeah, it was it was it was a great time. What's your go specific achievement? Did you do anything crazy this year? Do you think? I mean, it is kind of ironic, but I'm, I I hit rank like 18 in Go Battle League, the one season I actually played, and so that's like the closest thing to an achievement that was special this year. And I'm trying to do something else, but it's ultra league right now. So Wait, it's not finishing Looming Shadows a year and a half after it was released, or I don't know which one was. You, you was the rocket one with Giovanni? You had to do before the higher they fly. What was which one was you that? Got to be more specific here. I don't. I don't remember. There, was that there, this year? The rock. The the Giovanni research that you waited for like a year to finish. Was that this one? Because I have a. It was before the higher they fly. I finished. Whatever the first one that they ever gave, I finished that one in time to get a Shadow Articuno. Okay. Whatever the third bird was, whenever that happened. Okay. What about finishing the uh, Community Day 2020 research this year? <laughs> that was pretty funny because... It's uh, a good achievement as well. DeFi tagged me in our moderator chat. He's like, hey... Don't forget to do this. And it's like it's, two o'clock and I open up Magmar spotlight hour. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm talking to my girlfriend and I'm just sitting in the room and then I'm checking my phone and out of habit, I just open up go because it's one of the apps I cycle through and out pop all the Magmar. And I'm like, what time is it? It was it was like 610. It was fine. But oh, it, was, it was hilarious for the oh, moment. I was gosh. like, I forgot. How could you? How did you not that like add that to your calendar? Or something. I, I was distracted by like I don't know conversation and stuff that was happening. I sure like I was remembering all day, and I was just like, ah, oh, you know. Moment you let your guard down. The the time strikes six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's Pokepole question, which is what is your top Pokemon Go related achievement or memory this year, you can respond when we post the question on Twitter. Or if you're a patron, we actually have an entire channel dedicated to it in our discord so you can answer it there but you can also send us a voicemail if you so choose to 262-586-7717 we'll play it on the show as well um you can also send us an email old-fashioned to mail at gocastpodcast.com but before we get to emails voicemails all that good stuff and the end of the show we're going to pass it on over to fish and DeFi for this week's pvp corner segment which is going to include a deep dive into holiday cup which I've actually attempted prior to this segment, so I'm excited to learn something new. <laughs> okay, I, have, I haven't done anything with that yet, so... Yeah, I powered up three Pokemon last oh, night. No. I, I got made myself a new Altaria because I found a better one, a bunch of different stuff. We can talk about it some other time. Maybe I'll ask Fish and DeFi to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, over to the two of them. Hi, I'm Fish and Ahita. And I'm DeFi 250 and this is PvP Corner, the PvP section where the two hosts make a perfect core. 
Defi, what's going on in PvP right now? Aww, <laughs> that was so sweet. I like that one. <laughs> um, so PvP. We are currently in the Holiday Cup after a few days of drought of the Ultra League and Ultra League Remix only. We have a Great League Cup back. Uh, so Ultra League and Ultra League Remix that started on December 13th goes till December 27th. And we are currently in the Holiday Cup that started just a little late that December 16th. Holiday Cup will go until December 31st. Looking at my Go Battle League, I'm currently sitting around 2100 ELO. I have actually taken a break for a couple days, even during uh, the Great League and Great League Remix. I was taking a break. I haven't dived into the Holiday Cup quite yet. Just lots going on in life. It is <laughs> tis the season. So taking a break and I'm excited to dive back into it. So Fish, what have you been doing for Meme Team Monday? Any interesting teams? Well, uh, during... Great League Remix, I ran Zangoose and actually did quite well with it. Um, I didn't get to do all five of my sets because I had to break a lot to do like Sylph battles, but uh, the three sets that I did, I went like 3-2, 4-1, and 3-2 <laughs> running Zangoose. That's awesome. Zangoose is better than you would think. That's Shadow Claw damage is really good and it's got some really big heavy hitting moves it's a fun little pokemon yeah and there was just an amazing fun moment where i took out a hypno with a night slash i got the attack double buff and then a greedent came in i close combat it and it one shot that's so great <laughs> so that good. had to have been so satisfying oh yeah just seeing a greedent disappear it was amazing. So, um, uh, speaking of Sylph, I mentioned Sylph. Uh, we are in the middle of the Glacial Cup, and Defile, how are glacial. you Glacial. The Glacial Cup. Look, okay, okay. Here's my, here's my reasoning. I've met so many people named Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, who will balk at you if you try and call them Alicia. And this is the, the, the same kind of... It's the same spelling. I think, I think it's Glacial. But it's not a glacier. It's a glacier. I, I would call it a glacier. <laughs> no. <laughs> so everybody listening, please message us. Is it glacial or glacial? Let us know. How's your silk cup going? I'm doing great. Somehow, some way, I am doing really well. I am currently, if you add up all of my battles, I currently have 10 wins and one loss uh, in the four tournaments that I am doing right now. So I am doing great. Okay. And that's including your crazy meme team that you're running in the GoCast tournament. It does i am three and oh with that team but i have i have a feeling that might come to an end here really quick let's talk about that go cast tournament uh give a little summary of it up until this point you want to lead that fish so DeFi and i have been matched up in the go cast tournament for round three um her and i are both three and zero me with my try-hard team and DeFi with her decidedly untry-hard team. Um, Camu McG08 is also undefeated. And you know what? This GoCast tournament's growing. There's some names of people who have not participated in a GoCast tournament yet that have decided to join up this month. So a big welcome to ZT Smith, Angry Bunnyman, Shadow Prime, Hoosier Data, and Wang J Chen. I hope you enjoy your tournament. We will feature one or two of these teams next week and uh just talk about what they do well and not so well and then update you on how that ended up all right and fish and i will be doing our battle soon here for this round i am very very excited it'll be it'll be a good match we'll see try hard versus the meme <laughs> actually who's your data uh, messaged me to say that we should have some sort of bet on it <laughs> oh dear i don't wanna <laughs> <laughs> he said perhaps another song no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't have it in me. <laughs> what about factions? How's that going? All right, we are on the last bout of this cycle. So currently my team, the Queen Bees, we are three and three. And um, this is bout seven. So we're trying really hard to get a pos have a positive record. 
We are up against Illinois PVP. Two members of that team are National Bowler and Mr. Dr. Pants, some names I recognize. But they're both alternates and are not playing this week. Boot. Bummer. So I'm really excited. I've really enjoyed being able to play in the Twilight Cup again. And yeah, I'm excited to see what the next cycle is going to bring. Next up, it's time for the deep dive. And as of recording, we have just swapped over to Holiday Cup. DeFi, give us a rundown on the Holiday Cup. All right, so this is a great league cup. My favorite Pokemon must be at or below 1,500 CP to enter. And it is a type-based meta. Only normal grass, electric, ice, flying, and ghost-type Pokemon are permitted. There are no other specific bans. It's the exact same rules as last year, but the meta's changed a little bit. It's pretty similar, though. I looked at our notes from last year, and when we talked about the Holiday Cup, one of the big takeaways was, hey, the most meta-defining Pokemon is Altaria, and we really spent a lot of time talking about Alolan Marowak, Obstagoon, and Diggersby. I could say the same thing for this year. (laughs) It is very, very similar. The PV Poke Top 10 as of recording is Pachirizu, Altaria, Snowy Castform, Shadow Magnazone, Alolan Graveler, Wigglytuff, Talonflame, Diggersby, Alolan Ninetales, and Dugong. The Pachirizu has to be XL and is only a regional in what is like Canada and the, the very northernmost parts of the US. Is that right? Yeah, I don't even think you can get it in the US. Maybe an Alaska? Yeah, maybe something like that. So that that one is a very difficult one to obtain. So don't worry too much about uh, trying to run it or having to deal with it because, yeah, you won't see too many. Some Pokemon that are brand new to this meta are Trevenant and Dedenne. Those Pokemon were not around last time, and they're definitely really solid picks. Also, Charm. We need <laughs> to talk about Charm. Because Charm just tends to dominate this meta. Wigglytuff being really high up there. We can talk a little bit more about Alolan Ninetales. But you can really run just a double charm or even a triple charm team and do pretty well. Yeah, there's very few poisons and steals in the meta. I know uh, Shadow Magnazone was up there as one of the steals but yeah there's not too many outside of that so charm very safe i did take a look at there's always a question when running alolan nine towers which was also in that top 10 whether to run powder snow or charm and as always there's no clear answer with one or the other i did pull up some of the things that either turn into wins or are significantly improved with one move or the other so for powder snow you either win or significantly improve against Diggersby, Drifblim, Golbat, Stunfisk, Trevenant, Vigoroth, and Whimsicott. For Charm, your better matchups are Galvantula, Lantern, Lapras, The Mirror, so another Alola Ninetales, and Sableye. It will crush a Sableye. Just like last year, there's really only two viable counter users. You've got the Anger Monkey in Vigoroth, and you've got Obstagoon. Obstagoon, it's it's high risk, high reward. It crushes ghost types with its normal typing, uh, being able to resist uh, those ghost type moves. But it gets just slaughtered by fairies. So your Wigglytuff, your Alolan Ninetales, Whimsicott, Togekiss are all viable in this meta. Obstagoon is going to struggle there. Whereas Vigoroth uh, will get beaten just as hard by Ghosts, but has much more neutral matchups against the Charmers, particularly Wigglytuff and Alolan Ninetales, which are the neutral to counter damage. I took a look at some cores that you could make work, and... If you happen to have them, Pachirizu and Snowy Castform make an amazing core. There's like four Pokemon in the entire Holiday Cup that can beat both. And I don't think they're particularly common either. So if you can do it, go ahead. Um, Altaria and Alolan Graveler is almost as good. Uh, Alolan Graveler, I think, is going to be a runaway pick for this cup. 
obviously weak to grass types, so Altaria can cover that. Uh, Graveler also beats the ice types that would normally beat Altaria as well. So that, that one's a very solid core. All right, let's play a little, you know, 5D60 chess. Mm-hmm. Altaria Graveler, it's good, but how do you beat it? So Shadow Obama Snow would break up that Altaria and Alolan Graveler core. You could pair Shadow Obama Snow with Lantern. They cover each other's weaknesses pretty well. So Shadow Obama Snow, definitely an option there. And I uh, love Lantern. I use Lantern yeah. all the time. Yeah, and I I put that there that it does pair well with Shadow Obama, and I still believe it, but I'm not totally sold on Lantern yet in this meta, considering like some of the other picks that are available. Like uh Lolan Graveler beats it, Altaria generally beats it, um Obama Snow beats it. Yeah, there, there's a lot of really good picks that do beat it, so yeah, give it a go, but be warned. <laughs> um, know, but Skarmory Fish. That Skarmory matchup. Yeah. If you come up against a Skarmory, you can go uh make a coffee and come back and it still won't be able to faint you. Pretty much. So that's that's one reason I love I love Lantern. Also be tier Wigglytuff. Another team that could work together really well might be Obstagoon, Talonflame, and Unovan Stunfisk. However, this team has one threat in common, and that threat is Altaria. Altaria is up there number two ranked in PD Poke for a reason. Dragon Breath just does so <laughs> much damage. So a good team, but definitely has kind of that one glaring weakness. You can work around Altaria if you know you land a boosted Brave Bird on it. You could gunk shot it with the Obstagoon. <laughs> Um, throw a trash can at it it can be beaten it doesn't like trash cans defy it does who does <laughs> oscar um, the grouch and that's about it yeah yeah um but uh, that is <laughs> altaria is a problem for that team i do really like Stunfisk in this meta out of those top 10 it'll beat pachirizu it'll beat shadow magnazone very hard it'll beat alolan graveler very hard it beats talonflame quite hard, which those four will probably be four of the most common in the meta. Um, you'd have to make sure you pair it with something anti-grass and anti-ice. So maybe in a bomber snow, that's not really anti-ice, but it's it's better than, say, using Altaria, where you'll be very weak to a Frostlasser and a bomber snow yourself. Um, maybe Talonflame? Talonflame. Dude, that. Talonflame <laughs> with Stunfisk. Try it. Let me know how it goes. This is the shortest episode we've done in forever. We're going to have an under 20 minute episode. This is nuts. All right. And that's it for the Holiday Cup. You will have to write in and let us know what teams you're using, how it's going for you. Please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. Uh, you can reach us at pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And with that, let's send it on back to Chris and Kyle. All right. Thanks, Fish and DeFi E. I now am questioning everything about what I spent uh, on these three Pokemon last night at about <laughs> midnight. So, well, at least now I know. <laughs> All right. So, Kyle, that brings us to almost the tail end of this show. It's the second to last segment. What is it? It's time for emails. And we've also got one voicemail. We're going to start with the voicemail. And I couldn't tell you who it was from because they didn't tell us who it was from. (laughs) But we're going to play it anyway. Hey, Chris and Kyle. How are you guys? Just leaving a message for uh, the PokePole this week. Um, Ways that I can play Pokemon Go around others that don't play at a family party or something of that nature. Of course, the Gotcha Evolve. Always just keep that with me. So that's the most incognito way. But if it's more of a laid-back event, I think I could get in a couple catches here and there. I'm not going to sit there and organize my entire inventory or do something that takes as much time and effort as that. But I think hopping on here and there to make a few catches or remote raids, whatever it may be, it's pretty acceptable. And uh, my question for you guys 
is, since I'm calling now, I figured I'd just ask you one. Um, how do you feel about costume Pokemon? Because I know I have a beast of a Piplup that I'm uh, looking to evolve into a Napoleon on the community day coming up this week, so I, you can get the legacy move, but of course I can't do that, being that it's wearing a hat. <laughs> so, thoughts on that, having removable costumes, get rid of costume Pokemon completely. Thanks, guys. Well, first of all, I think your answer to the Pokepole was, was spot on, kind of just in line with everybody else. You know, use use your Go Plus, uh, what you got going on for you. The caller did mention another third-party catching device, and we've covered this in the show before. Uh, but while, you know, those are available, uh, just be aware that they're technically against TOS. So you run the risk by using them. Um, that's why we always mention Go Plus, I think, almost exclusively. So that's a side note. But to answer the question, uh, what do we think about costume Pokemon? What should they do? Because he just described, just to kind of reiterate, the, this heartbreaking situation where he's got this amazing Piplup with great IVs and wants to evolve it for you know the legacy move during this community day, but is unable to because the thing's got some headwear on. So like, what are some ways that we could maybe... I guess fix that. Like, how do we feel? Is it, is it, should they always evolve? Like Kyle, where do you land on this conversation? I think there should be like a lock on the evolution that you have to go through a confirmation to do. Like, don't just leave the the regular button. And then if you do it, it has a pop-up like actually like a lock or something on top of it that you have to click to unlock and then click again, because I know they're worried about people evolving their hat stuff and losing the hat and they're being upset about it. But I really think that every Pokemon should be allowed to evolve, even if at the cost of the costume. I'm going to go at this from a different way. I think that costumes are cool, but I don't think that costumed Pokemon should necessarily exclusively be caught as their own form. We've seen some interesting stuff coming through, especially with Hoopa, that they're going to be having form changing and the costs associated with that with that sort of Pokemon. And I would love to see, considering the Pokedex treats costumes like forms, unique individual forms, I would like to see that sort of mechanic implemented into costumes in a way that makes sense. I would so much rather, and I feel like this is kind of true for like other mobile games, you when you do festive activities, you generate a festive currency of some kind and it unlocks items, things in a shop, etc. Gotcha games do stuff like this all the time, right? I would love it that if during a holiday period, when you catch a Pokemon, just like a chance of like an XL, you could generate, let's just say for this holiday period, um, some some holly, like uh, le- holly leaves or red berries or you know, any snowballs, something like that. And then you could trade those like five snowballs in for a token that could be used on any Pokemon that qualifies for that, you know, level of, of uh, costumes that are available. Right. So in this case for Christmas, we'd have, you know, the Pikachu and the Stantler, you know, I think it'd be kind of cool if you could then choose the Pokemon you want to put it on with that token so that you could, if you had a favorite Pikachu as like a buddy, let's just say, always make sure that they're wearing uh, the appropriate costume and it's still the same Pokemon. It's like you're it's like really leaning into the buddy idea, right? Like this individual Pikachu that I've had this hundred percent that I caught can be festive with me as my buddy forever. Like I like that setup so much more than keeping them all separated because then you could always like pay the change back cost and change it back to a regular one. If you want to make that that Piplup into an Empoleon, you lose the opportunity to make a costumed, but you get your Empoleon. Does that make sense? It does. I, d- I don't particularly agree that much. I think it depends on the type of game and whether that works better. And the idea behind Go, I don't, I don't think that works so much because they don't want you to develop relationships with pokemon in go it's it's you know against the very nature of the game the game is is grind out pokemon get as many as you can to power up the best ones that you get along the way and i think having a a holiday or a seasonal rewarded currency instead they they're opposed to it because it's gonna make the spawns at the time less appealing for example if you can make your 100% best buddy Pikachu have 
a Christmas beanie whenever you want. Why are you going to care that they're spawning in the wild kind of thing? I guess because the ones that have the outfits in the wild, first of all, showcase what the outfits look like to encourage people to catch more to generate the currency to buy them. But also those those tokens or snowballs or whatever you're accruing could also be used to, you know, cash in for other things like they could readjust the the currency or the economy rather of like, you know, the event rewards for field research and stuff and balance it with your ability to generate this currency for the season or holiday event or something like that. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't think it, it works for how you catch Pokemon and go personally. I see exactly what you're saying. And I also kind of agree. I just like want there to be more agency. And and what you said is absolutely true. I wanted to stop you and say, I disagreed halfway through it, but you know, Pokemon go does not really encourage you to, to really form a relationship with one or two Pokemon. Some people do, and they choose to play that game this way, but they're, is a couple of mixed uh, we're getting mixed signals because we have the whole buddy thing right and they encourage you to do that like almost all of their promotional stuff has somebody in the real world with a buddy pokemon walking around and that just doesn't necessarily reflect on what's important in the game i suppose so i don't know i don't know i guess you're right it kind of wouldn't fit with the culture but i'd like to see it in a way that it would (laughs) long answer short though costume pokemon should evolve yeah I, there is no reason it shouldn't like oh you're gonna you want to evolve this it'll lose its hat forever like that's all we need i suppose you're right mm-hmm. anyway thank you so much for the voicemail much appreciated we'll move on to our first email here this first one is from epitome 93 hello GoCast crew i've been wanting to try and create a pokemon family ever since you both were challenged to create a new dual type pokemon i finally got around to doing it i strongly encourage other listeners to do this as well this is from episode 164 twitchy rivalry email from javon question mark i believe that's the case yes starts at one hour and 30 minutes so there you go if you want to listen back to the initial challenge that was issued but first form chailment it's a mixture of chalice and ailments, poison steel type, new dual type, bronze goblet shaped Pokemon with green fragment liquid inside etchings on the exterior move to form its face. If the Pokemon speaks or opens its eyes, if it wants to look inanimate, it simply closes its eyes and rests its face. Think like a mimic in D&D. That reminds me a lot of Sinisty almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I quite like the goblet version of it instead of a teacup, though. That's cool. Second form. Chale Ice, Chalice and Ice, Ice Steel, Silver Goblet Pokemon with Frozen Interior. The liquid inside the goblet freezes, forming frost on the exterior and creates arms made of frost. If the chalice needs to move, it walks on its hands. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Geodude style. Dude, it's almost like what I would expect from a ghost Pokemon. That's pretty neat. Maladice, Malady and Ice, Ice Poison type. Green Ice Pokemon, 10 times its former size. Golden Goblet is located half embedded in its chest. It has no head, but still uses its goblet as a face. Maladice now has two arms and two legs. His arms are almost down to the ground since he used them previously to walk. They're well built and strong like a gorilla. That's awesome. His claws are long and scrape the ground, leaving behind icy poison that melts and destroys vegetation. Oh, shiny versions would reverse the metals order and the liquid frost or ice would be purple. I think of a spooky shaman's temple tucked up high in a mountain. You could also easily run across a book like Pokemon or an icy snake in this spooky building. P.S. You should try to name your ghost normal and ice poison Pokemon creations. Puns for the win. (laughs) We'll have to go back and revisit those. I kind of forgot. Thank you both so much for a great podcast and a big thank you to the listener who sent the original email. Shiny vibes all epitome 93. I loved the combination of things for the names. I thought that was pretty cool. The middle evolution is like my favorite one. I think I dig it. I I like the concept. I can picture it. Oh yeah. That's the thing is like, I can see it as a Pokemon a little bit less. The third one, it's harder for me to picture. I picture the, the monster from monsters inc that has like all of the eyes that it like squishes into the center of its face oh yeah <laughs> that's that's sort of how i'm picturing it except instead of the eyes it has the, the goblet but awesome next email is from andrew 79 hockey hi guys love the show i know i can find rank one ivs for pvp on pvpoke.com 
where is the best place to find rank two, three, four, et cetera? I found some information on pokebattler.com, but it seems like the lower rankings aren't there for all Pokemon. For example, I have a 2, 15, 14 Trevenant that I'd like to check before I transfer. Thank you, Andrew79Hockey. So this one's a fun question and also kind of funny for me because every time I need to look this up, I have to Google it because I don't bookmark it because I check it so infrequently. But if you just search uh, Pokemon Go PvP IVs, the top like four results are pretty solid. There's there's like pogostat.com where you can plug in your specific IVs and it will tell you what rank it is compared to everything else. There's stadiumgaming.gg that lets you compare it with other minimum IVs. Like if you put in the ranking for a Mew and you assume zero IV floors, it's going to tell you every single Mew in existence is garbage because a 10-10-10 is not good. But if you assume that 10-10-10 is your minimum, your rankings change drastically, which is why you might find different results in different places because different settings have been checked. But those are those are my two suggestions, and they're very easy to use. And just to answer your question, a 215-14 Trevenant is rank 365 in Great League. That's not bad at all. No, but it's crazy how much a couple of stat points make a difference. What's a rank one? How close is it? 0-15-15 is a rank one. Oh, yeah. So it's only three points off. Yeah. Yeah. And a rank four is two fourteen thirteen. That's how weird these stat distributions are. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, that's why we need to use these calculators because neither Kyle nor I are smart enough to figure this out on the fly. I don't think there are many people that can. No. <laughs> we rely on these resources made by, as Kyle always say, people much smarter than us. Yep. But thank you very much for the email, Andrew79Hockey. And if you, dear listener, would like to send in an email just like these fine folks did, you can do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717 and just say hey or ask a question, whatever you want to do. You can visit our website for all things Gocast Podcast at gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at GoCast Podcast. That's like pretty much our only active social media account. Uh, also, if you just want to talk to me because Kyle won't touch Twitter with a 10-foot pole, that's a good way to directly talk to me. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just Chris. I... Every once in a while, people ask Kyle a question and I tag his relatively dead Twitter account. He's <laughs> and like, huh? And it sends what? me a notification. I'm like, I have to open that. <laughs> Do I still have Twitter installed? <laughs> uh, uh, you can also help support the show monetarily via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash GoCast podcast, where a $1 a month donation at minimum, or if you do it for the year, you get a discount. So it's like 1080, I believe, for the year, gets you access to our best perk, which is the patron discord which is where we do all the rating we pull a lot of answers from stuff we even pull some some guests for the show on there every once in a while that's definitely happened a few times but shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons cyprian bow daniel zek walker andrew robert Lori, michael ozzy ted tish ben marvin and mimi sports thayer jason charles moders and Devante. thank you so very very much for your generous contribution to the show and helping us keep the digital lights on i just remembered kyle out mm-hmm. of all the things that you emulated two weeks ago you didn't say that no i did not that was the only box unchecked <laughs> everything else <laughs> next time um, but if monetary support is not in the cards for you it just isn't something you can do or don't want to do but you still want to help support the show uh, please leave us a review uh, it takes just a minute or two to do so and it really helps the show and you can do it pretty much on almost any podcasting platform uh available to you except for a few of them but uh, this might be one of the last times i get to say that and we'll talk more about that next week but the last thing we got to do here kyle is wait a minute no we don't need to set goals i just got to have us review the goals we set last week because now they're still relevant (laughs) so kyle you want to go first of course you do okay (laughs) you wanted to do 30 gbl matches mischief unbound finish the stardust challenge finish december cd 2020 special research finish and maybe new research 
Yeah. <laughs> are any of these done? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. But spoilers. Okay. All right. And then I wanted to catch 30 shinies, do 25 GBL, 1 million experience, 500,000 Stardust, whatever new research happens, if there is, and 100 eggs hatched by next week. So there we go. I guess that's the end of the show, Kyle. It is. Any parting words? Any parting gifts? Good luck with everybody's December community today, or I hope it went well. And (laughs) on the strange chance that we don't record next week, have a happy holiday if you celebrate. That's very smart. I will also take the opportunity to wish everybody a happy holiday season in general, even if you don't celebrate in case, like he said, we don't record next week. Although that is the plan. We'll Mm -hmm. see. It's been kind of a strange few weeks. (laughs) A little bit. My God. Yeah, just a little bit. But uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully. Good luck. Shiny vibes. See ya. Bye. Bye.